On this episode of Resi Week, we talk the smart home in 2020, Ring's new indoor drone, and garage transformations. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 243, Gimmicky Drones. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Vanco International. Learn the technology behind the award-winning EVOIP, AV over IP system. And by Peerless AV, driving technology through innovation. Welcome to this episode of Resi Week. This is your weekly wrap-up of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for avnation.tv. And this week, I'm pleased to be joined by three of my all-time favorite people. First, we have Mr. Jason Knott. He is the Chief Content Officer at CE Pro. How are you, sir? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Matt. Thank you for being here. Then we have one of my longest standing friends, Mr. Stephen Bronner. He is the owner of Pro Audio Georgia. How you doing, buddy? And I am outstanding. It's a beautiful day, baby. Just record that. I, I said you were my longest, one of my longest standing friends. That's it's an important. Hey, I, I heard you admit that publicly, so that, that definitely went on the record. They're going to edit it out. Don't even worry about it. And my other longest standing friend, which will also get edited out, is. Uh, Mr. Tim Albright. He is the founder of Aviation and a, uh, a proud Bears fan as they finally put a real QB in. How you doing, bud? 3-0, baby. 3-0. Just say it. Well, it, it's very helpful when you get, you know, an actual QB. It's great. But we don't have one yet. You got Mr. Foles. Yeah, yeah. Way better than Trubinsky. But this is not a sports podcast as much as that would be kind of fun to do. Uh, other than, you know, Stephen would just talk uh, SEC football the whole time. Go and that's not what we're... Hey, my son watched them and was like, Daddy, which team are we cheering for? And I didn't even say, he's like, we're cheering for the, the crocodile one. I'm like, it's, it's a gator, but same thing. It's good. It's good, hey, buddy. Good enough. Good. We'll take it. Close enough. He was, he was very happy to see. All right, uh, gentlemen, let's kick this off with a story that comes to us from Residential Systems and uh, our, our good friend, Mr. Mitchell Klein. He was on uh, a couple of weeks ago with us. What does the smart home industry look like in 2020? These are some insights from Mitchell uh, on the recently released Z-Wave State of the Ecosystem 2020 report uh, back about a month ago. Uh, the Z-Wave Alliance had their kind of their national meeting and obviously they talked about all kinds of things and Mitch pulled out a bunch of key factors uh, that he sees in the smart home environment uh, in, in 2020. And I wanted to touch on a couple of them. And uh, Jason, I wanted to, I wanted to start with you. One of the things that I found really interesting in this was the, the push for, uh, essentially more of these products to be all in one. He was very excited about Mitch was really excited about how the, the growth is going to be in, in kind of these all in one products, these, these products that can do more than one thing. They're not, they're not isolated devices. I read that and, and, and well, I understand exactly where he's coming from and it makes a lot of sense to me. My concern is that when I see those devices, and I see how they play in our industry, it, it relegates us to more of a, a labor force opposed to a skilled labor force. 
am I misreading this? Is is there opportunity in this this kind of all in one you know smart home environment? It probably is the way for the entry level, um, but I think the trend you've been seeing with a lot of the manufacturers has they have diversified. You know now they're they're in lighting, they're in shade, they're in control, they're adding all these parts and pieces. So that still retains that custom element. You know, the, the, this industry is called the Custom Electronics Design and Insulation uh, Association for a reason. And that's because integrators are tasked with finding the best product for their customer. Um, in most cases, in a custom situation, it's going to be hard-pressed for a one-off, one solution, single solution product to be the best solution for customers. So I think I think to for integrators and their target audience, we've got to look at it as the rising tide raises all ships. It's just going to raise awareness at that entry level. And then when the people really want to have products that are much more designed for single purpose tasks that can be compatible with other products, then they're going to go to a custom integrator. Yeah, very good. Stephen, one of the next things that uh, our, our friend Mitchell t- touches on is the need to shift that the the smart home value prop is going to have to change is going to have to evolve and as as jason alluded to you're seeing a lot of integrators uh grow their business model they're not just doing custom theaters anymore they're not just doing home automation anymore they're not just doing lighting they're doing usually a a handful of different things uh i I know for myself and, and our company we've been almost exclusively it in in residential spaces in, in 2020, do you see the, the need for most companies to, to, to shift to that multifaceted approach? Nope. I see the need for most companies to have done that from the very beginning. If your company is structured around one idea, that's why you're always struggling for money. You have to diversify. You have to have multiple things that you do. If you don't offer your clients networking services, audio, video, lighting control, if you can't specify on more than one category, you're always going to struggle. So whenever the economy changes or whenever a new Amazon device comes out or a new ring device and everybody says, ooh, I want that. Well, if a new ring device comes out and you don't know anything about doorbells, then you don't get to cash in on so the fact that we're still telling people you need to shift your business means that people don't understand the whole idea is we are a custom installation industry just like jason said custom install means you need to be able to do it all if a client calls you and says i want a media room and you tell that client, well, that's great. I can do your audio and your video, but I need someone else to do lighting control and I need someone else to program the remote. What, what are you? You're not the custom guy. You're a general contractor at that point. So my, my thing is, is I think what Mitchell says, it, it's, it's true, but it's kind of sad because everyone should already understand that you can't just be one thing in our industry. And that is a lot of times that is what drives people out of our industry. Next thing is, is when a client calls you and says, I want this retail product, I want this particular thing. And it's something I saw on the TV. You have to qualify that client. And if the client says, 
you know, after you qualify them, if they are a ring doorbell customer, then they need to have a ring doorbell. And if that fits into your business model, great. If it doesn't, you should have the number of somebody. And this is what I do. My, my mentoring is known. People know I work with all kinds of integrators. You should have at least one or two phone numbers at all times of somebody in the industry that's just getting started, somebody who's worked in the industry for a while and just went out on their own, somebody that you can help that you can call them and say, hey, you know what? Here's you a customer. They want, they need a ring doorbell. You need a customer. Go take care of that. Because the more of us that are more established and do better and have a more established customer base, help the people, once again, rising tide. If we help the people that are, that are trying to come up, then they will make better decisions with their business as they go forward and there's less likely to do garbage work. Yeah, that's true. Tim, my, my biggest concern when I read these kind of reports and when I, when I listen to what Jason says and what, what Stephen says is we, we've talked about this for years, especially in the commercial realm, but we, we have discussed it in residential, the erosion of the, the middle market. Mm -hmm. You can do a lot of stuff with those DIY, do it with me, do it for me, what have you, products. You can do a lot of really good stuff that most clients are perfectly happy with. And then when you make that jump to kind of the, the property, like what Steven's in right now that, that we saw a second ago, that's a whole other world yeah. from, from a ring doorbell to, to, to use that example. H how does the industry breach that, that, that divide to cross that divide, or is it just going to continue to erode? Oh, that's, that might get me into more political trouble than, than anything um, about, about the, the, the middle class <laughs> eroding. Um, remember who, who at least told me the first time that to, to do it with me. Uh, and that was Mr. Klein uh, a number of years ago at Cedia. Um, he explained it in, in, you know, on the show floor, we were doing an interview with him, I believe. I think you were doing it. And, um, you know, there are going to be folks who, who take a look at, at DIY products and like, I, I can do this. I can, I can, I can slap a, a, a ring doorbell. No, no problem. But when I want to integrate it into something, I want to make, you know, my, my house a little smarter. I want to do something that, you know, when, when the doorbell rings, it does certain things and starts automating processes and connecting with the, the other parts of, you know, um, the Z-Wave connectivity or whatever the, the, uh, the network is. That's when we can start, you know, looking at, at adding value. Um, you know, some of it's going to be, you know, leveraging, I don't know, Amazon and Google and, and the, the big tech firms. And as they get more and more integrated into the, ha the home, as Steven said, you know what, ride, ride the wave, educate yourself on what these things do. And then say, you know what, Mr. and Mrs. Customer, that's great. And you could buy that all day long, but this is where, this is where we add value. This is where our expertise is, right? This is where we can you know, take one product or one suite of products and make it even better because these are the things that, that we can do. And it, and it doesn't have to be a hundred thousand dollar media room. It could be simply is, is something as simple as making your, your, your voice control assistant be able to control, you know, certain aspects of your house. I think that there still is a, a middle market. Um, and as long as we can add value to some of these consumer ish products that are coming in, I think that the integrators will still be able to create those custom experiences. Yeah, very good. I think there's no doubt that there's still, there's a wide gap between the DIY and custom. 
It's still out there. We see companies like Goodman Networks, you know, six months or so ago announced that they were going to come into the space uh, because they see that gap. Somebody's going to fill that business mark, that business model. Um, it sounds like it's going to take a big company because it's a it's a more of a volume play for sure. And if there's one thing the pandemic has done, whether it's good or bad, it's made a lot more people put more money into their homes, which has made even fewer integrators interested in doing some sort of a volume play because there's so much money um, at, out there right now for their target audience. It, you know, and let's be politically incorrect. And unfortunately, as horrible as it is for all the restaurant workers, the hotel workers, the travel tourism workers, the target market for the custom installation industry has been largely unaffected by the pandemic. And what it actually has done is left a big chunk of money available for this space. Um, and it's in, in many cases helped the market. Yeah. You've definitely seen a lot of even, even middle-class folks who aren't taking vacations and aren't doing all these other things and realizing that all of a sudden, Hey, this isn't up to par at my house, right? I've always wanted to do this. And I, I'm not doing that trip to Australia. So maybe, maybe we'll throw it in the backyard this year. It's, it's definitely changed the. Yeah, and maybe Best Buy is the company that's positioned best for that do it for me marketplace. Um, I don't know. You know, they have that national presence. They're, you know, they do have a high end uh, side to the business on Magnolia, but that's, that's not really where they're focused with the tech support program and all that sort of stuff. So somebody's going to emerge in there and, you know, People like Goodman were working with, you know, a major company that you've already named that starts with an A um, that used to sell just books. And now they sell a lot of, uh, they sell everything and we'll see. I'm glad you, you, you mentioned the big company that starts with A because they're the highlight or the, the key point of our next story that comes to us from CE Pro and uh, our friend Arlen over there. Ring has announced an indoor drone as well as some car security products. Uh, Steven, I know you are super excited about the Always Home Cam Drone. Uh, if you have not seen this, A, go check it out. What it is going to do is it is a really small, uh, it looks like kind of like a six, eight inch uh, square drone that will take off and hover when you leave uh, your house and when you, in theory, alarm it with a ring alarm system, it'll take off and, and do a little track that you help program to go around and, and make sure your house is safe and secure. Steven, my friend, buddy old pal, how excited are you to have an Amazon related drone flying through your house when you're not home? I think it's very interesting that as you ask me that question, Tim starts shaking his head. Um, it, it is was the probably, buddy old pal part. <laughs> it, it is. It is probably no surprise to anyone listening to me with my country accent. I'm not real interested in this whole concept. So basically, the company whose job it is to listen to everything I say with their echo. Oh, I'm sorry, they don't listen all the time. Or try to sell me something every chance they get by infiltrating my browser search history, which drives me nuts. So this company now wants to fly around my empty house and they're not going to look at anything. They're just make sure that all the doors are closed and the windows are closed. No, thank you. 
I prefer my 100-plus pound German Shepherd. She does a really good job. Um, I, and she doesn't wear a camera. I, I cannot imagine a world where anyone thinks this is a good idea. Amazon's whole approach in life is we're trying to sell you stuff. So now you're going to let them fly around your house and see what you have. Oh, as it flies by, it sees a shoe rack with Nike and, and Adidas and everything. So now you start getting advertisements for Nike tennis shoes. And they see a Sony TV in the living room. Now you're getting an advertisement for a Sony Blu-ray player. They're seeing, you know, that's how this is going to work. This is not to protect you. They don't care if there's anybody in your house. They want to know what you have so that they can sell you more stuff. If it, this is this is insane, what at some point we have to stop sacrificing our privacy. I have very few things in my house that I don't want the world to know is there, and the things that I don't want the world to know that is there is just my personal stuff. It's none of anybody else's business. I'm not hiding secrets, nuclear weapons, Jimmy Hoffa. There's nothing in my house that anybody can't see at some point. And I'd be damned if I let a drone fly around inside my house. That ain't going to happen. Tim, I, I don't disagree with Steven. I find it to be a very interesting play. Um, but I also think there's going to be a lot of people who are intrigued with it, with the technology mm -hmm. of it. Is Ring doing something? And they released a bunch of other stuff. They released a uh, in-car uh, camera recorder. Car alarm, which was interesting, yeah. I find that really interesting. And that one I might actually buy. I find that very, very cool. Um, they updated the Echoes and everything else. It, is, the, is the privacy concern that big of a thing for this? It depends on who you are. Um, and I understand Stephen's uh, hesitation here um, because it's for those of us uh, of a certain age, it reminds me a little bit of RoboCop, right? Or um, Skynet with, with Terminator. But <laughs> um, if you have an, an Amazon show, uh, then you already have an Amazon camera in your house. Uh, I have one. It's in my kitchen, but that's, you know, where it is. Um, if you have a Nest camera, you already have one of the gaffas uh, that has access to you know, pictures of your home, whether they're inside or out. There's already security cameras in a number of homes, especially homes that, that you know, CE or CI dealers deal with on a daily basis. Question is, where do, those, where do those images go? Where does that video go? And do we trust who it goes to? Um, you know, personally, and, and where I'm at with with Amazon, they are probably the company that I tr trust the most out of Silicon Valley. Yeah, you know, even though technically they're not in you know San San Jose, but you know, here at Aviation Nation, we've used Amazon's servers for the entirety of our existence, so we really trust them. Um, and you know, there are some some concerns that I've got when it comes to Amazon's dealings with some certain police departments. In the past, they have corrected a lot of those of those issues. So I understand Steven's trepidation. Uh, it's a little creepy having a flying camera running around your, your house. Uh, but I think that folks of the generations beyond us and, and behind us probably will have very few issues with this in any way, shape, or form. Very good. Jason, the, the one thing that really surprises me with this is the advancements that a company like Ring, who is now obviously owned by Amazon, is able to do. In, in a relatively short period of time. 
you look at running a uh, the the background infrastructure of a, a ring security camera system, and it's really simple. You get a notification on your phone when somebody rings your doorbell or crosses that little line that you create in the app, and you get an instant, uh, you know, video of that incident or, or that event. Whereas you go into a traditional uh, MVR or, or DVR, and sometimes it's hours of scrubbing to find what you actually want to find. Is, is a company like Ring poised to completely upend the, the, the CTV market just in general? Um, the way I look at this is maybe a different perspective is maybe they're pushing the envelope and this is going to eventually lend itself to other companies to they're, they're, they're basically the ones putting it out there and if it gets rejected and it falls flat on its face, BFD to them, it's, it's a drop in the bucket for their trillions of dollars that they have. And so the things that I, I find it interesting, they're pushing the envelope with this. I think the car thing is very interesting because we've been talking about the integration of the car into the smart home for a while now. And, uh, you know, uh, AMX is out there with, uh, uh, um, Harman, you know, that whole group has a, has a control car control element to them. We haven't seen that fully integrated yet. Maybe this is the thing that nudges it in. I saw the other day, Honda smart home in down in Southern California. Now they're running the smart home on the car battery not the other way around. Yeah. So when the car parks there, it runs the smart home at night, which, so it's there, all these bigger companies are able to kind of push the envelope. And, and, and I think eventually whether this thing fails, the drone thing fails or not, or the car thing fails or not. Um, I don't think the car part of this will fail. I think we will see the car become almost like a room in the home from a connectivity standpoint. Um, but the, the drone thing is kind of just a gimmick. I, it's funny when, when uh, Tim said Skynet of Terminator, I hadn't even thought of it, but it, that was the vision. As soon as he said that, that, came, that absolutely comes into my mind. Very good. All right, gentlemen, let's hit our last story of the day. This comes to us from hiddenwires.co.uk. Uh, a garage transformed into a home cinema. Uh, take a look at the article. It's a really cool uh, transformation, what they did, they took a, uh, obviously a, a garage and turned it into a cinema and had to deal with a lot of things to make that function properly. And if you've uh, ever done uh, any significant amount of work around most garages, uh, to, to use this example, you'll know that they're not built the same way as the rest of the house as a rule. Uh, so there are some challenges with that. Tim, the biggest thing that I, I kind of pulled out of this beyond, you know, kind of the cool case study of it was how often, you know, e even in my experience, you're having a conversation with someone in general. It, it doesn't even necessarily have to be a client. And when they find out what it is that we all do, they go, oh, that's really, really cool. I've always wanted this, but I don't have the room. How do you go about explaining to people and showing people that there are opportunities there without just sounding super salesy. It's, it, it is a sales process, but it goes back to, you know, 
um, sales training that I've had and you guys have all had, it, it, it comes down to, to figuring out what the client wants. What is it that they really want? Right. I mean, uh, Jason mentioned the fact that during COVID, a lot of folks, you know, both higher end and, and, you know, middle market folks are not taking vacations or looking at their space. They're spending more time at home and go, okay, let's fix this up. You know, what do we want? What do we want? You know, does it, is it an, an outdoor oasis? Is that what we really want to do? Uh, or do we want to, you know, take an existing space and, and convert it? Um, you know, it's so drilling down into what it is that they want, how they live, what they value, right? Is it something that, you know, they need more space or they need this or, or you know, converting even a, a garage even to into a home office now, right? That's another option. Just talking to them about where they live and what it is that they want. Um, I've seen more than, you know, my fair share of, um, you know, fixer uppers, which is the the the, uh, the Gaines's folks down in, in um, Waco, Texas, where they have taken you know existing spaces, existing garages, and turned them into more um, more space. So you know, leveraging you know media that's out there now and getting ideas from them. These are folks that do this on a daily and weekly basis. So you know, leveraging some of that knowledge and and you know, getting into your customers' head and go, okay, what what is it that you value? And this is these are the options that you have short of putting an addition on, you know, on the back of your house. Jason, are these the, are, are these the kind of projects that really show the, the custom aspect of our industry opposed to just, Hey, we've got a room, the builder built it to be a theater. They put in the risers for us already. We just, not to dumb it down this much, but we just slap some tech in there and put some seats in. I think what it is, it shows how flexible this industry has become for any space of the home. You know, I saw a, uh, the outdoor theater where a guy, you know, put together little car, uh, you know, children's car seats for an outdoor theater. So the kids think they're at a drive-in movie and they're watching uh, movies outside um, during, the, during the pandemic. Uh, the home office, think of all the technology that now goes into the home office. The home office is a hub, you're putting in displays, you're putting in audio systems, you're putting in lighting, you're putting in room acoustics, you're putting in uh, networks. Uh, you know what I mean? There is so much technology that goes into now every room. There's no room, including the garage, that's excluded from the reach of what our industry can do now. Very good. Stephen, let's wrap this up with you. One of the things that I, I kind of had a quick takeaway with this was the, the concept of base packages and having kind of that turnkey option so that when someone comes to you and says, you know, I'd really like a theater. I got a garage. What would that be? And you have that ability to really quickly qualify that client. And then obviously you can, you can, you know, modify things from there once they get a handle on it, rather than going deep into a sales process to decide that, or discover that they're not really at that point yet. Is there any, is there any point to that? So you should always have an idea of what different theater packages cost. Always. Client comes to me and says, Hey, I have a room. I want to put a, a theater in it first. You need to qualify. Okay. What do you, what do you mean by a theater? That's usually my first question. Tell me what your vision of a theater is. Because you'd be surprised. Some people say, oh, I just want a big TV with a couple of chairs. In our industry, that's kind of laughed at as a theater. But to some people, that's a theater. And, and if you want to call that a theater in your house, then it's a theater. It's your house. 
so the first thing you want to do is qualify, but I would actually caution people, uh, be very careful having pre-made packages that you think will cover construction costs because anyone in the construction industry will tell you that in the last seven months, the cost of lumber has almost tripled. So you have to be very careful because you're trying at that point to track multiple trades. So what I normally do in a situation like that is I tell my client, hey, I can tell you that the technology package for that area is going to be approximately this plus or minus 10%. And then I'll say, now you have to add, you know, your seating, your furnishings and, and all your other package. And then we have your construction. So it will all depend on what you want your theater to look like. We don't do most of the people that we deal with. We don't do a lot of cookie cutter kind of pre-built packages like that. It's all very custom, much to what Jason was saying earlier. Uh, so I would caution if you're going to do a room build out, um, you know, like I always tell my clients, you don't call the plumber to run your electrical lines. Um, you know, maybe your technology guy quoting your room construction might be a problem, especially right now. Uh, but you should always at all times have an idea of what your package is for the technology in a given space, because you are the technology expert. And if you can't answer that question, you're missing the boat. All right. That's a great way to wrap that up. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining us today. Jason, if people want to connect with you, learn more about CE Pro, where can they do that? They can always go to cepro.com, of course, and they can follow me on Twitter at Jason W. Knott. Excellent. Thank you, my friend. Mr. Bronner, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Pro Audio Georgia, where do they do that? Uh, they can do that at ProAudioGeorgia.com. Uh, you can do uh, ProAudio uh, Pro underscore GA on Twitter. And uh, you can always uh, vote for me in the city elections. Hey, little shout out there. Uh, I am currently running for city board of directors, and I would love your vote if you're listening to this. Uh, but as always, you can reach out to me in any media form. I always love talking to other integrators, and I'd love to hear your questions. Excellent. Thank you, my friend. Mr. Albright, if people want to follow you, learn more about AV Nation or the Bears uh, or how poorly the, the the Blues did this year, where can they do that? Oh, that that's the idea. They can do the, the whole Twitter thing. Uh, yeah, I, I would point out that, that Stephen is the only person on this panel that, that is running for the, the CD board. So uh, you can you can vote for him, I guess, of the four of us. So, uh, but but T D Albright, Tim David Albright on the Twitters is where you can find me. All right, my friend. Thank you all for joining us. For myself, if you'd like to connect with me, you can find me at Matt D Scott on Twitter and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please visit avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of our other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week.